we would like to officially welcome you to the Married to Anime podcast. My name is Stacy. And my name is Ian. And we are here to take you on this wonderful journey that we're starting. Featuring anime. Wow, this is so full of shit. <laughs> I can't even take myself seriously. Why? What do you mean? I don't know. It's just like, I feel like, I feel like it's interesting that we're actually starting this. Why? Just like chill and relax. It's only you and me. And then, like, all these other people listening. <laughs> no, no, no. That's okay. You guys could be in on it, too. They're not here, though. They can be. No. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Ian, so how was your weekend? It was aight. Just aight. Just aight? Yeah, I just spent it with someone. I don't know. Some random person. Well, that's frustrating because I had a really good weekend. Oh. We went back to Manhattan <laughs> for the first time since the pandemic started, actually. Mind you, we used to live in New York City. Yeah, and now we're like literally... And then one year later, we <laughs> are gone. We're literally in the middle of the woods at this point. And we haven't been back in eight months. Yeah. It was really intense, I would say. Like, it's so weird being back into a place that used to be like home. And like full of life. Yeah, and now it's like so Dead. empty. Yeah. It's crazy. But the reason why we went there... Well, first of all, Ian really needed to get some new contacts. Yeah. But I was on TikTok and oh, I yeah. saw these people... <laughs> post about this korean like corn dog thing mm -hmm. and i was like shit like i've seen like i know this is problematic but i've seen like trisha paytas eat those things and like do that awesome cheese pull and ever since i saw that i was like oh that's gosh by the way that's our little son fluffy boy but i saw trisha paytas eat those things and she did like this ultimate like cheese pull and I've seen Stephanie Sue eat it, and she I went just to, she came to New York just for that. No, it's oh, uh, there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she went to New York. No, but um, it's in California, and I think the first one just opened up in New York, and that's the one we went to. Um, and it's called OK Dog. Where are they originally from? Korea. I know Korea, <laughs> but like like the first like in America. I don't know. Is I it, mean, the, is it like? Did they start in, like, California or something? I think so. Oh. Okay. Like, I mean, I think that they, like, that's their clout, that they're the first ones in New York to do that stuff. Oh, yeah. Which is kind of cool. Like, good for them because, honestly, that shit is amazing. That was so good. Yeah. We got, like, a beef dog. Just a hot dog. Just a regular corn dog. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, but it, but the, but the thing that's interesting about it is it's, like, fried in rice flour. Oh, it's rice flour. Yeah, it's rice flour. That's what makes it different. And then they put sugar on it. Yeah, so it's like this crazy so sweet good. and salty thing. So it was pretty bomb. I'm not going to lie. It was like sweet and savory. So like mm -hmm. your whole mouth is like satisfied. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Um, <laughs> and then and then we also got this other one that's like, it was more like a, like a yeah, fried mozzarella stick like, with like french fries on it. That was more of like a, I don't want to say snack, but... Like the, yeah. the like hot like the regular corn dog was like a full meal pretty much. Yeah. But the other one was just like potatoes, uh, and like mozzarella pretty much fried. Like it was just like a mozzarella stick mm -hmm. with potatoes. Mm -hmm. But it was still really good. Yeah. I mean I really like the fried mozzarella stick yeah. with the potatoes on it. It was pretty bomb. I wish we sprinkled sugar on that one too, but Yeah. I mean, next time. Looks like we have to go back for more. Yeah. And then I mean the shitty part of that whole weekend was that we tried to go to this like I don't know if you guys if you guys have like heard about this, but like well, there used to be one in this in Manhattan mm -hmm. called Yo Sushi, mm -hmm. and we went there once, and it was like, but like 
explain what it is yeah no no no, but it was i don't know if anyone's ever seen like the ones the like restaurants in japan it's pretty much you just sit down a waiter comes with like your drink and that's pretty much it then there's like next to you there's a revolving belt with everything on the menu and you just pick what you want and then at the end i guess at yosushi they would just count up your plates but apparently at like Normally in in like Japan, you would the plates are color coordinated, so you would put them in like the like a slot, and it would calculate for you, and you could win prizes off of that. And the place we wanted to go to, it's based a lot more like that. Yeah, it was. So we could have won like prizes just for like eating. Honestly, that's like life goals. (laughs) Like you know, pay me to eat. Yeah. Honestly, where's my mukbang channel? True. Um. But yeah, so we really attempted to go to one of these yeah, things. But we it didn't was end up going. in Jersey. So we pull up. Hold on. But like the craziest part is we pull up. Obviously, like pandemic and stuff. Like we respected. We like social distance and stuff. Like we did not just like actually pull up to this random place. But um, well, we tried to pull up. Well, yeah. Okay, attempted. I want to. I want to rephrase that and say but attempted. Because of COVID, they have like the reservations and stuff, which mm-hmm. like I understand. Um, they had like. Because they have, like, some indoor dining, but it's, like, 25% or t- yeah. right? Yeah, I think Jersey's So there was only, like, five people allowed at a time. Yeah, and so we showed up, and there was, like, a line outside the door, and I asked, like, people socially distancing. Like, how do you, like, Yeah, I was like, did you guys, like, put your name down or something? But apparently there was this app that we had to download, and we ended up downloading this app. Like, on the spot, like, when we got Yeah, there. like, on the spot. And, like, as I'm downloading this app, the girl, like, online is like, oh, yeah, like, we reserved our spot three hours ago. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, shit, like, we're not going to this place, are we? Like, maybe, maybe it's, like, you know, half an hour, an hour at most. Like, let's wait, like, five, ten minutes. Yeah, so we put our name, like, <laughs> we put our name down, and... What number were we? We were, like, number 72. Yeah. And it was, like, 4 p.m. Wait, but the text message that I got was, like, you have a 426-minute yeah. wait. And I was, like... I mean, oh. that's 100% r- That was wrong. It ended up being wrong. Yeah. It was, well, it was, like, three hours. Yeah. It ended up being, like, close to three hours. Yeah. Well, it would have been three hours. Yeah. But we sat around in the car for, like, an hour and decided, like, nah, let's just go get some, It went some, down like, by, like, 10 spots from 72 to, yeah, like, for an hour. 65 or something. It was crazy. So we did, we changed our mind and we ended up getting Korean barbecue instead. Oh, and hot pot. And hot pot. Yeah, it was like one of those places. And then only when we finished did we get our names called. Yeah, literally. <laughs> After literally two hours of being there. Yeah, it was and crazy. And an hour drive to there. Yep. But yeah, I guess like we spent a very food-filled weekend together. It was very nice. I haven't seen Ian in a while actually just because of his new job and his new hours. We kind of have we kind of function at different time schedules at this point time zones yeah time zones <laughs> yeah even though we live together but that was interesting now we have this we can see each other actually no okay podcast over podcast <laughs> over so thanks for joining us guys <laughs> this is the end see y'all next week <laughs> <laughs> see y'all next week no i'm kidding anyways do you have anything else you want to talk about what else do we do I mean, we went to, we got sushi today. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, this is not an anime podcast anymore. It's literally like, what did we eat this weekend? <laughs> it's a food review. Food review. But yeah, we got some sushi. Ian finally ate some fish sushi, which I'm so proud of because I feel like he's just been eating the fake sushi. Like, norm- like normal sushi? Yes, like not, actual not sushi. And rolls. N- not a freaking, no, like. Uh, maki. 
like salmon roll. Like that's still a roll. You mean salmon sushi? Salmon sushi. You would never <laughs> eat a salmon roll. You would never eat anything like with fish yeah. in it. You were a basic cucumber roll bitch. I know. <laughs> but, but the salmon was mad good for PA standards. Yeah. Oh, we, well, we forgot to mention. We're based in Pennsylvania. We live in PA now. No, I'm kidding. Shout out to PA. You guys did it. What did they, what did they do? Y- y'all went blue. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, but that f- the salmon roll was really good. It was just a little thick. Like, cut a little thick, but... Other Isn't that than how you like them? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, I think it was, like, pretty on point. At least I know, I know how to use soy sauce with it. I'm proud of you. Instead of dunking the whole thing. Don't fucking worry about it. <laughs> I eat the way I like to eat. Damn. But I'm really proud of you for finally eating actual sushi. It was very good. And not some cucumber roll shit. The cucumber roll was okay, but the California roll was really good. Oh I'm God. a basic white person. Yeah. Okay. We are weebs. Mm. <laughs> mm. Wanna be weebs. Mm. Not me. Who? Don't know her. Who that? Um anything else? What else do we do? That's it. We don't have to talk about this weekend. Do you have anything that you want to talk about in general? No, my life is kinda of boring. What did you do today? Oh my god. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> I am on a fitness journey. I have decided that... I am there standing by. Sure. (laughs) A for effort. I have decided that I am tired of just... uh, Of my only form of exercise being going from upstairs to downstairs (laughs) (laughs) when it comes to work. Um, So I decided to get a uh, Joroto bike from Amazon, like a spin bike. Joroto. Because pre-pandemic... Deal. (laughs) (laughs) That was so delayed. Shut up. (laughs) Pre-pandemic, I used to be really like into cycling, and I went to a bunch of like cycling classes with my friends. Um, But obviously, pandemic shut everything down, and I can't go to those classes anymore. And I feel like that was the only time I really enjoyed like exercise. So I decided to kind of bite the bullet, use that stimulus check money, and buy myself a bike. And then I also downloaded the Peloton app. So. Like a <laughs> Peloton hack. Cheaper you know? Peloton, pretty much. Yeah. And it came with like the iPad holder, so. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, And yeah, and that's what I've been like working on these past few days, trying to get back into it. I've been, I'm not going to lie, like it's been really fun. Like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> that is our other son, Kish. Hey. He has nothing to say. He really wants attention. But... Anyways, if anybody is really, like, considering getting a Peloton bike, maybe try out this cheaper version. Maybe don't get a Peloton and just get a normal bike. Well, I mean, okay, like, if you're, like, loaded, go for the Peloton. Like, no tea, no shade, but... Sir. He's, like, croaking. We are in the middle of something here. <laughs> oh, yeah? You want to be a part of the podcast? Um, I forgot to introduce our third member, Cash. <laughs> you just did. Well, now he's part of the podcast. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I strongly recommend um this like cheaper version of a Peloton just to try it out before you actually like pull the trigger and buy that like two yeah. K thing. And That's like also, insane. You can always like resell it. So yeah, you could always resell it like or just like keep it wherever. Yeah. Put your clothes on it. It's a good like <laughs> drying rack. Yeah, a good drying rack. You know. 
many uses for one thing. But yeah, that's what I've been into recently. I want to try it, but... You should. I keep telling you, you should. But it's so much work. It's worth it. You're gonna be. You're gonna be health god. Come I on. Know. Come it's on. Always like the first step is the worst. I know. First step is the worst, but it will get you through to first the end. First is the worst. Second is the best. That's why I'm always in second. <laughs> okay. All right. Do we have to unpack that? <laughs> like, do you need? Do you? Need, is this a therapy session now? Uh, so welcome to my therapy session. <laughs> Married to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Did I mention this is an anime podcast? Right. This is not a podcast <laughs> of us like talking about our You've lives. we going for 15 minutes. Shit. <laughs> okay. Well, those of you who are still here. Hello. Um, I would like to introduce our topic for this weekend. Everyone's favorite. Anime. That's a lie. You cannot do, you cannot say that. Most people's favorite. No. Some people's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I would say Oh oh. They, oh no. They doing fisticuffs. Our co hosts have started to battle each other in the middle of the room. Um and I will join in. <laughs> leave them alone. <laughs> but basically, this is one of the most popular animes like right now, I would say. I feel like for a while though well for a while yeah but i but do that's feel like there was no like seasons coming out and then they were like here you go no but i also feel like they kind of dropped the ball like in my personal opinion i think they dropped the ball in the second and f- third season anyways sorry before we get any further spoilers we're talking about drum roll attack on titan Anyways, um, but yeah, I feel like, I feel like it started off pretty popular, but then. Yeah, it was really strong season one. I mean, this episode, we're only talking about like season one. Yeah, we're talking about season one, part one. We decided to split it into two parts because season one, like I said, like. It's like the main thing and it's like the most like impactful, I guess. It's not even impactful. I would say it's like. A lot of stuff happens. Yeah, like a lot to unpack. A lot of stuff happens and it's done right, in my opinion, compared to yeah. the rest of the... Yeah. Well, I'm not going to talk shit about season four because I do season, feel like season four is kind of interesting. Season two... I liked season two. I was okay season with Season two was pretty good as well. It's just season three was kind of fast. Season three was a mess, in we, my opinion. We don't, we don't talk about season three. Yeah. We're just one, two, four. Like, I could go without the first half of season three, even though I know it's like hella important. Yeah. But anyways, that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. We're talking about season one, episode one. No, not episode. <laughs> well, you know, technically we're starting off with episode one. But we're going to talk about two arcs. We're going to talk about pretty much the introduction. And then we're going to talk about the Siege of Trust arc. Trust. Trust. Before um, ending off this episode. And then next week's episode will be part two of this. Which is probably just focusing on like... I'm not going to say because it it's going to be a spoiler. <laughs> you could just say the rest of the season. The rest of the season. Well, I was going to mention the arc, but I guess it's not as important. All right. So shall we get started? Start us off. Well, so for those of you who are not familiar, I will be retelling pretty much everything that happens in the like first. A, like a recap. Yeah, like a recap. Um, Just so that so we can. If you like, haven't watched, close your ears. Yeah, definitely. This is like number one thing to mention spoilers 
We are not responsible for spoiling. Yeah, yeah. Spoilers, like left and right. Spoilers, just spoilers. I'm going to get that tattooed. Spoilers. <laughs> spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Spoilers. Um, anyways, Attack on Titan begins with Aaron Yeager being woken up from a nightmare about a giant titan. This titan is later dubbed the Colossal Titan. So he's woken up by Mikasa. Big boy. Yeah, he's, he's kind of nasty looking, I'm not going to lie. Why are you talking shit? Dude, he deserves to be talked shit about. I don't care. Anyways, so the scene zooms out and we see that Eren and Mikasa are in a field near the wall in the out in the outlier district of Shiganshi Shiganshina of Wall Maria. I am also another thing. Like we are not Japanese. Yeah, so our pronunciations might be a little off. More like very Americanized. Yeah, I apologize in advance. We will try our best. So we're in Shiganshina of Wall Maria. Once Eren is awake, him and Mikasa go. Him and Mikasa go watch the scout. <laughs> yes. Can you cut that? The scout? Nope. Not cutting anything. Please. I'm fucking up. It's what? fine. Just take your time. <laughs> Once Aaron is awake, him and Mikasa go watch the scouts return from like a previous journey that they were out outside of the walls. The scouts. Hey, what were they doing outside the walls? Well, let me tell you. Oh, okay. The scouts are a branch of the military that explores outside of the wall pretty much. So oh. they're like out there finding out more information about mm. titans and like trying to see if there's like something other than these three walls that humanity is pretty much held in at this point mm -hmm. what else is out there we don't know no no like i'm saying oh like, okay. like they're trying to find out what else is out yeah there. exactly yeah. exactly not like what's out there exactly so aaron and mikasa are watching these like scout people return but as they're like coming up to the they pretty much welcome them with like a parade um like a welcome back celebration no uh oh it's just like them like walking through oh, and yeah, like people yeah. are watching them but on their way there they like encounter a drunk mr hans hansesan um who was part of the garrison which is another branch of the military they are pretty much like i would say they're like the police like basic police like right military now. police no no military no, no. police is no, a different those thing are, those are different ones yeah, yeah military po police are they're pretty like much police for the rich they're people like the actual military though yeah yeah, yeah. Pretty much. but for the rich like you don't really see military police like in the no, outer no, walls not military police i'm talking about um garrison yeah they're like the actual military like because there's yeah there's a yeah. lot of them yeah like so big yeah yeah so they see mr hanze hanze-san and he's lit He's having mm. a good time. They're all in. Yeah, literally. But um, Aaron is like talking shit about them and being like, yo, why are you like lit? You know, like you what happens if something happens? Useless. Yeah, yeah, useless. Like he talks mad shit for like a five-year-old, like bro. <laughs> for like a 12-year-old. Yeah, like what's good? Um, so yeah, when the scout unit arrives, they're all looking like really rough and beat up. Like most of them are bloodied. Most of them like have bandages everywhere. And then like, I remember a specific, like watching this for the first time. Like I remember this scene so like specifically because the part where like one of the mothers like rushes in from the crowd and like starts asking them like, mm -hmm. where is my son? Where is my son? And like one of the scouts just like hands her an arm and yeah. it's like, bro, what does, what? Like that's what we're watching now you know it's just like yeah there's like a whole different take like like when you compare animes mm -hmm. um like what attack on titan does differently yeah and like i can i'll talk about it yeah it's very like gore yeah in my opinion like yeah. i wouldn't say it's like like okay i'll just it, it'll just it like just explores death mm -hmm. differently mm -hmm. pretty much mm -hmm. i wouldn't say that it's like gore like 
it's not elf, it's not elf based and on, lead yeah because like it's not like it's not based on like like it doesn't like glorify like death and like gore and stuff it yeah. just like uses it to tell a story yeah pretty much so anyways aaron is super excited and definitely sees the scouts as like a role model and something that he wants to be a part of eventually like he really dreams about becoming a scout and he tells it to like uh he tells it to mikasa all the time and stuff but this like this is a problem within his family so unfortunately his family does not agree because once he comes home mikasa tells his mom that aaron has been talking about joining the scouts again and his mom gets very upset with him his dad not so much his dad was like kind of all i wouldn't say he was all for it but he was very like all right not against it yeah like he would he wasn't like his mom was upset she she was like bro no you're not doing because it's like dangerous but like his dad sees like where he's coming from yeah yeah like being a part of the scouts you end up pretty much it's it's kind of a suicide mission yeah let's be real 90 percent of the time yeah um so yeah his dad was not that upset but we don't really know anything about his dad at this point like we don't know his opinions on anything um Anyways, his dad decides to yeet out of nowhere, go on a mission in- into the inner walls. But before he leaves, uh, he calls it a business trip, but we don't know what he does. Business. But before he leaves, he decides to tell Aaron that he will show their house's basement, which was like off limits to everybody. But he was going to show Aaron what was in the basement when he returns. Um, and he shows him like a key. And he's like, this is the key to the basement. Ha <laughs> ha wink wink (laughs) (laughs) so still upset from the fight with his mom aaron runs away and meets up with armin Armin. so i've watched attack on titan like the first season a couple of times Mm -hmm. and like i think the first time i watched it i was definitely like in high school the first time it came out and i hated armin i mean i was like this whiny little bitch everyone hated him because like he was like he, he he had like no courage pretty much yeah he was very like whiny and i was like i don't know that's just like not yeah the type of character that i'm drawn to in these type, types of animes but i feel like everyone i talked to like felt that same way yeah like but i'm not gonna lie the more i watch it and like the further yeah, he, i i think he's chill he like steps up yeah, yeah yeah definitely so yeah like i like i said i have many thoughts about armin but we'll keep them to myself even though i didn't <laughs> i'm projecting <laughs> Anyways, Armin talks about how the walls which protect humanity from Titans haven't been breached in hundreds of years, but there's no guarantee of safety when all of a sudden shit goes down. Speak of the devil. I know. I was like, all right, this is foreshadowing. Um, there's a large boom and the colossal Titan from Eren's dream is standing over the side of the wall. He lifts his leg and sends it crashing through the outer gate of Shiganshina. Dun, dun, dun. What do you think happens next? I don't know. I will tell you. (laughs) (laughs) I will tell you. I will tell you. So immediately there's debris from the wall thrown everywhere. And people are literally killed, like wiped out left and right from like giant boulders. And also just from like the brute force of that kick. Like that kick was so intense that like people literally were just like dissipated. Okay. Let's talk about the Titan. How big is he? Big. How, how How big are the walls? Aren't they like fifty meters tall? Yeah, they're huge. They're like and the Titan is bigger than the wall. Yeah. So that his foot is pro- definitely bigger than most Titans. Yeah. No, he 
he's literally colossal. Like these walls are meant to ke- keep Titans he's not colossal. out. No, he is colossal. Yeah, he is Wrong colossal. One. Wrong bad. one. My bad. Um, these walls are like were like created to keep Titans out. You know what I mean? Like they are obviously like retrofitted for the height of a normal average Titan. Yeah. Like nobody was expecting this colossal Titan to pull up out of nowhere and just like be like, yo, bitches, what's up? Let me kick yeah. your wall down. Like, no, that's not how they were planning this. Because they've never like faced against them. That's why. Exactly. So it's he like kicks a- that wall down. And what happens when there's a hole? <laughs> he let the bed bugs in. Well, shit enters it. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, all the Titans that's out of the walls start entering Shiganshina and literally eating everybody they see. So it's just like a massacre. Everybody's like a dying left buffet. and right. E- either they're dead from the freaking like destruction of the wall or they're just dead because they're literally being torn apart by these yeah. Titans. Also, everyone at home that was like hit with like the rocks, mm-hmm. like the debris, mm-hmm. they're done because that's like it's like a pancake at this point. Yeah. Everybody did. Ooh, he needs some milk. Seeing the destruction, Aaron realizes that the hole is hella close to his house. He makes a run for it with Mikasa, and they come upon the street of their house, and they see a massive boulder destroyed their house. Which sucks. So, Aaron freaks out and runs towards the house looking for his mom, because she stayed at the house. While he was being a little bitch, being all, like, depressed on the corner or some shit. (laughs) Um, They end up finding his mom, and she is crushed underneath the roof of the house. Aaron freaks out and and starts trying to lift the roof and try to pull his mother out. But, like, obviously, it's not looking great. Yeah, because... Like, he's a a child. Mikasa helps, but she's also a child. And his mom is pretty much crushed underneath, like, a house's roof, which is, like, impossible. Like, at least a ton, so... Yeah. So, suddenly, out of nowhere, Hanze-san pulls up and sees what's happening. While this is all happening, this ugly-ass titan is approaching them. Like, you thought Colossal Titan was ugly? This bitch uglier... She, like, she's not cute. (laughs) (laughs) She needs some makeup. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, while this is all happening, she pulls up. And then that makes the situation so much more dire and stressful because they all pretty much realize that, like, if they don't get Aaron's mom free, like, they're all getting eaten. So, Aaron's mom being, I guess, like, her natural mother instincts kick in and she realizes that this is the end, you know? There's no way that they're going to get her out of there without, like, them dying. And she yells at Hanze-san to save Eren and Mikasa. Hanze-san tries to ignore Eren's mom and fight the Titans, but legit gets way too scared and grabs Eren and Mikasa and dips. So this is kind of, like, the most... One of the most... I would say one of the most important scenes, like, in this series, just due to, like, the visuals of it. I feel like it's called back upon, like, a lot throughout the rest of the series. So... As Hanze-san is trying to, like, rescue Eren and Mikasa, Eren tries to fight him and keeps yelling for his mom. Um, Yeah, what ends up happening next is, like, the most iconic scene of this whole show. Uh, The Titan approaches Eren's house and picks up Eren's mom and, in the most dramatic way possible, eats Eren's mom. And I'm talking about, like, there's, like, five different angles of the Titan picking his mom up. There's, like, music. There's, like, all this shit. It's super dramatic. Really sad. Not the last time you see it. Yeah, it's not the last time you see it. And it's just, like, really sad. Like, I remember watching this and I got, like, goosebumps because, I don't know. But then it, like, shows you, like, why Aaron is going to do, like, what he does. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it, like, it's it establishes, like, him as a character yeah. and, like, his reasonings. So, 
Aaron sees this whole thing go down and this scars him, you know? Um, and plot-wise, this is hella important because it pretty much established Eren's vendetta in his drive to kill all Titans. Hanzei-san manages to escape Shiganshina into the inner walls with Eren and Mikasa. The guards try to close the gates of Wall Maria, but a second new Titan appears. This one, not that bad looking. Like, he just has armor everywhere and eventually gets called the Armored Titan. Um, he is buff as hell, but he's kind of short. <laughs> I not mean, <laughs> he's like compared to the colossal, colossal titan, yeah. titan obviously but he's like like at, like what was it? like 15 meters something like that yeah so colossal titan he runs towards wall maria and crashes through the wall maria gate thus claiming all of wall maria for the titans and making all of humanity retreat behind wall rose and that is the start of this thing like holy shit this is the start what, what kicks it off yeah literally literally like, how is that for an opening se- of the series, you know? Yeah. I feel like for the first, like, like the o- just just the opening, you have to rewatch it, like, a couple of times, just, like, understand what's going on. Yeah, 100%. It was very, there's, like, a lot of, like, symbolism and imagery in there. Yeah, but they do, they do have, like, flashbacks, so it, like, makes a lot more sense. No, of course. So, anyways, a year passes after we see, like, all of these people. Um, and about 20% of the po- world's population is sent to reclaim Wal Maria and most die. Like they sent average civilians into Wal Maria, which is like flooded with Titans at this point. Mm-hmm. And how, how are they supposed to survive? It just, yeah. there's no way. Um, but in a really fucked up way, this ended up solving the food shortage issues. Um, something important to note while we are flashing forward, Aaron has flashbacks to his dad who we haven't seen at all since he left on his mission. But the flashback is of his dad using a syringe of something strange on Aaron and giving him a key to the basement. Wink, wink. (laughs) Saying the answers are in the basement. Okay. Definitely keep that in mind. Like, that's super important to the whole scene. Yeah. Or is it just a secret basement full of dumb shit? I mean, it could be. But keep it in mind for later reasons. We will revisit Anyways, we fast forward to Aaron, Armin. Yeah, he makes it alive out. He makes it out alive too. But it's kind of sad because like, as we flash forward to like his current stuff, like the current situation, like he ends up escaping with his grandpa and then like his grandpa is one of the 20% of people that were sent to Wal Maria to like reclaim it. his dad, Armin's dad? No, it was his grandpa. Oh, no, his no. parents. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Yes. We'll, we'll later. Yeah, but he escapes with his grandpa, and it's just sad. Yeah. Because his grandpa died. But this kind of also gives Armin the drive, like, of being, like... Yeah, like, why? Yeah. So, Aaron, Armin, and Mikasa officially join the 104th Cadet Corps. They are trained by instructor Keith Shadies, um, including how to use 3D manure gear to fight Titans. Aaron immediately forms a rivalry with fellow trainee John Kirsten and makes friends with Reiner Braun and Bertold Hoover. He also takes hand-to-hand fighting lessons from a girl named Annie Leonhardt, and by hand-to-hand training, he pretty much got his ass beat. Annie whooped his ass. <laughs> she whipped pretty much everyone's ass. Yeah, she whooped... She, yeah, she was really... She was really great at, like, hand-to-hand combat. Um, but this like, later on becomes, like, super useful for Aaron because he does use yeah. that style of fighting. Um, and then they also, like, flashback to why she's so good at 
like hand-to-hand combat yeah it was her dad that taught her um so yeah after three years of training they're ready to graduate so before we get to the siege of trust arc i want to talk a little more about the main characters that we meet during the cadet training they become key characters throughout the rest of the season so first of all we have reiner braun um he's 17 years old swole as hell very skilled Reiner acts as an older brother figure to the other soldiers, including Connie and Aaron. He's best friends with Berthold and has a massive crush on Krista. He joined the Survey Corps. He is from Walmaria and wants to return to his hometown someday. Berthold Hoover, 17 years old, skilled, but has no initiative. Tall, quiet, sweaty. He's basically Reiner's sidekick. From the same (laughs) village as Reiner, joined the Survey Corps, wants to return to his hometown. Annie Leonhardt. Uh, She's 16 years old, skilled hand-to-hand fighter, good at using yo-yos, loves diamonds. (laughs) Yo-yos. Taught Erin her skills, which she learned from her father, and she ended up joining the military police. John Kirsten. Jean. Jean. Jean, yeah. Jean. Fuck, why do I keep saying Jean? Jean Valjean. (laughs) No, Jean. That's what they say. Yeah, Jean. Jean. Sorry, guys. Jean Kirsten, 15 years old rival of Aaron. like as soon as they saw <laughs> each other like they fucking want to kill each other friends yeah well <laughs> so born in trust district he's very rude but matures throughout the series he's a good leader um which we can talk about during siege of trust he's salty as hell wanted to join the military police but wound up joining the survey corps marco Follow. marco <laughs> and that's all for today <laughs> um so marco bought Uh, 16 years old, friend of Jean, was considered a good leader, born in town of Genet in Wall Rose. He wanted to join the military police. Then we have Connie Springer. He's 15 years old, a bit of a dumbass, but he's very fast and agile. He's bald. Not really. He has like very short cut hair. (laughs) From Ragaco Village. (laughs) He got a bald head. From Ragaco Village in Wall Rose. Part of a comedy duo with Sasha. Wanted to join the military police, but wound up joining the survey corps. Sasha Browse, 16 years old, potato girl, best girl, love her, hands down. She, She's my favorite character. She symbolizes all of us. Yeah, literally. Um, She's from Dauper, some random village in the middle of nowhere, was apparently a redneck hunter, but now speaks super formally. She's good with a bow, hates refugees, which is like fucked up. Um, part of a comedy duo with Connie and joined the survey corps. Krista. She's Krista Lens. Oh. <laughs> Crystal Lens. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> the revelation. She's 15 years old. Half the guys and several of the girls have a crush on her. She's super nice and she only made it to the top 10 because Emir helped her and gave her the spot. Emir, uh, she's 17 years old, so she's pretty much the oldest. She's a bitch to people but she's secretly very nice um she used to live in the interior as a beggar and a thief she's pretty much in love with krista and could have gotten into the top 10 but gave her spot to her waifu and she joined the survey corps so remember these people because they're all very relevant to like attack on titan they pretty much become like the main characters you know Mm -hmm. and they all have like their own stories yeah they all have their backstories and stuff like what i said was kind of just like you know just like they are just the surface yeah um so, all right, time for the most important part of this. The final part of season one, part one. 
And at this point, if you want to do a drinking game, go for it. Take a shot every time I say part. So, Aaron and his gang graduate the cadet corps as top 10 cadets. On the day of their graduation, Aaron and some other trainees are cleaning wall rows. They are joking around and Sasha, my fave, I love her. <laughs> I will give my life for Sasha. Ends up stealing some salami from the corpse job. Like, salami. Bro, like, life is <laughs> ending and yeah, you're stealing they, like, salami. Don't. I know. Yeah. But I love her. They, like, don't get, like, any, like, good meat. I know, but still. Like, that's goals. Anyway, so she ends up stealing some salami from the corpse generals and wants to share it with everybody. When suddenly, the colossal titan dun, 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 makes a reprise out of nowhere and attacks the trust district. The southernmost city of Walrose. Homeboy. How many years is that after the first time? Three, four, four Five. years. Five. Five years. Because three in the training. Mm-hmm. One year they had to wait mm-hmm. to get in. Mm-hmm. And I guess another year. Mm-hmm. It's five years. I did the research. Okay, fine. Go ahead. Anyways, Colossal Titan pulls up. Homeboy really Again. pulled up out of nowhere. He ends up kicking another damn hole in this freaking trust district and thus opening up Wall Rose, which is like, dude, if they lose Wall Rose, like, pretty much all of humanity has to survive in this tiny ass, like, interior wall, which they can't do. They kill 20% off because they couldn't handle it in, like, Wall Rose. Are you kidding yeah. me? So, Imagine an even smaller ro- Yeah. Ring. So the Colossal Titan appears to have intelligence because he kind of, like, looks at Aaron. So I guess that's them perceiving that he has intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, so Aaron being the main character and thus the vengeance, vengeance seeker, he attempts to fight it. But as soon as he, like, tries to fight this Titan, the Titan disappears. Like, he just disappears in a cloud of steam. This causes the military to send out all of their troops. This includes the newly graduated cadet corps. Mikasa, who was top of the class, is assigned to the rear, helping with the evacuation. Because they had to get, like, everybody out, you know? Like, they had to get the people in Wall Trust out Yeah, because they were titans. They yeah, because the They don't want to have another thing. Exactly. So, she's helping with the evacuation, and Aaron is in charge of leading... Because he was one of the top ten. So, Aaron leads a squad of his fellow trainees, which includes Armin, actually. Um into trust pretty much as Aaron and his squad go deeper into trust Aaron hypes them up Aaron really like I feel like he's a very like motivational speaker Mm. in all of this shit because he always like hypes people up and he hypes these people these like kids I'm not even gonna say people these are fucking kids hypes these kids up to be the best militia they can be and that they are gonna kick ass like they're right after training exactly like right after training they're gonna fucking murder all the titans and call it a day this was such sad foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. Like, so sad. Because as soon as this little speech is done, the squad literally just gets annihilated yeah. by Titans. It's a pretty bloody scene where they legit get ripped apart and eaten. The only survivors are Aaron and Armin. Well, not really. Because <laughs> as Aaron was using his gear to traverse the area, a Titan literally jumps up and eats his leg, which makes him, like, which, like, shoots him out of his gear and he, like, fucking like face plants into a building into like the roof yeah into the roof of a building there for yeah he's like bloodied up he's pretty much concussed and he's like semi-conscious so while he is semi-conscious he watches everybody get killed and then he notices armin is about to get eaten by another titan and this is where my problem with armin started where i was just like you like you fucking trained fam like you have no excuse to be still this like whiny kid but whatever i'm over it (laughs) (laughs) are you i am so 
Being the hero type, with his last bit of strength, Aaron pulls Armin out of the Titan's mouth and instead replaces him in the Titan's mouth. The last time we see Aaron, he is saying some inspirational shit to Armin, something about like freedom and like we'll see the outside of the wall. And then the Titan's jaw snaps shut and Aaron's arm is bit off and Aaron is gone. Aaron is eaten. The end. No, I'm kidding. He did. That's show over. <laughs> Armin lives and is found by another squad of trainees. But, like, clearly he's really fucking distraught. Like, he, yeah, he's his, the only one His best friend. Yeah. Well, yeah, the squad. But also his best friend just got eaten because yeah. of him, technically. So, on the other side of trust, Mika says helping civilians safely evacuate the city by slaying titans left and right and clearing up a blockage caused by a merchant trying to stuff a wagon of his stuff in the interior into the interior wall rather than letting people pass by as she's doing this she has a flashback to how she and Aaron first met which is like an interesting look into their like relationship dynamic so Mikos's family lived in the mountains um and unfortunately her parents were killed by sex traffickers and she was kidnapped as her as her half Asian heritage made her very desirable within like the walls because everybody's pretty much just white um but luckily Dr. Grisha which is Aaron's dad and Aaron happened to visit their cabin shortly after the attack. While Grisha went to the military police, Aaron tracked down the slavers and worked together with Mikasa to kill them. So imagine this. Like, they're chi- like kids. They're like four or like, five or something. Like and eight or seven or eight, I think. Okay, maybe seven or eight. I don't know why I keep thinking they're four or five. Um, but they, like, murdered these, like, sex traffickers. Yeah. Which, like, shows that they, like, care about each other and that they are, like... Which, like, also builds their, like... Trust. Character. Mm-hmm. Like for the future. Yeah. So Grisha then adopted the orphan Mikasa. Yeah? Yes. Grisha then adopted the orphan Mikasa into the Jaeger family. So while she's having this flashback, they cannot reach safety at the top of the walls due to gas shortages. So like all of their like ODM gear like has run out of gas. Yeah. Um so they're pretty much like stuck and walk in. Yeah, and like the one th- the one advantage that they had against titans was this odm gear yeah. that like gave them they were like nimble yeah they ga- it gave them the opportunity to at least like escape these yeah. fucking titans so they cannot reach the walls and the supply depot where the depot listen english isn't my first language depot the supply depot has been overrun by titans so they cannot even get the supplies that they need like the gas for the odm gear how are they overrun? By Titans. Yeah, but what? Like how? Wasn't someone supposed to be guarding it? Yeah, but nobody gives a shit because it <laughs> was like all the cadet people, like the fucking like yeah, people who just, just finished training, hiding. Yeah. Um. So Mikasa joins the people, like the like new trainee cadet corp people. Um, and she unfortunately ends up learning the fate of Eren, and this was like literally like the break in mikasa's character because yeah she was so like strong she was strong but like as soon as she found out that like Eren is like nicey she's like vulnerable yeah like he really means a lot to her because he's pretty much like her savior in a way and like i guess she still feels like protective over him because like throughout the entire season like she really does not want him to like leave anywhere without her or like do anything without her which is also why she joined the the cadet corpse um so wherever he goes she goes yeah so depressed, she rallies the soldiers to desperately make their way to the depot. Depot. <laughs> However, Mikasa herself runs out of gas and crashes into an alleyway. 
So it's kind of sad because this is like her grief manifests itself physically in her gear running out of gas. At this point, it seems like Mikasa is ready to give up because she's pretty much attacked by a titan. And she almost gives up her will to live, but her memories of Eren and his motivational strength motivate her to avoid the titan that is trying to eat her. But, like, keep in mind, like, her blades are pretty much gone. They're, like, dull. They're dull. Like, she doesn't have ODM gear, so she has no way to escape. They're, like, broken. So this is kind of like a last-ditch effort. And as Mikasa is doing her best to escape the titan, we hear footsteps in the distance, and in comes a titan with long black hair and green eyes. Mikasa thinks that this is the end. Because, like, these titans, like, if there's one of them, like, it's already dangerous. Two, that's it. It's over. When all of a sudden, the new titan attacks the titan that was trying to kill Mikasa. The new titan ends up killing the titan and runs off to continue killing more titans. That's another That's another drinking game. Take a shot every time I say titan. Yeah. Because there's going to be a lot. Mikasa ends up being rescued by Armin and Connie. And Mikasa tells Armin, Armin about the new titan that attacked the other titan. <laughs> And Armin comes up with a plan to lure this new titan towards the supply depot in order to defeat the titans there and free the trapped cadets and get gas for their gear. Closer to the supply depot, Jean and several other trainees managed to reach it, despite heavy casualties. A lot of people died. Armin, Mikasa, and Connie successfully lured the new titan to the supply depot, and it begins to kill the little ones swarming the building. However, a number of small titans managed to enter the building, and they were all located in the basement, which held all of the supplies that they needed. So Armin devised a plan to deal with them using rifles and blades, where they would lower themselves in an elevator, and people, like the people with the rifle, like the cadets with the rifles, would shoot the titans in the eyes, and then they wouldn't see, and then the People who still had uh, the blades, like some blades the would... ODM gear. I, yeah, but ODM gear was useless at that point. They just literally jumped down, oh, would yeah. like slash the titans' necks and cut off their names, thus killing them. Um, the plan was successful. And this kind of... St- See, this is the part where like it kind of established Armin as a sort of mastermind slash planner of the group for me, which is when I started getting a like little bit... Yeah, I started gaining a little bit of respect for him. So the trainees manage to restock on gas and prepare to retreat to safety. As they prepare to leave, they look outside and they see the new Titan being swarmed. Which is strange because Titans usually don't attack each other. But the little Titans were starting to attack the big Titan. Um, It is able to break free and kill the last of the Titans in the vicinity, but is exhausted and falls to the ground. As the Titan lays on the ground, we see steam rise from its nape. Suddenly... A figure emerges from the nape of the new titan's neck and dun 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 Aaron emerges with all of his limbs what a freaking plot twist Aaron officially became what he hated most isn't that wild a titan Mikasa jumps down to Aaron and cuts him out of the titan and her and the rest of the corpse bring Aaron back to the wall as soon as the cadets arrive over the wall, the soldiers and officers of the garrison, led by Captain Kit Warman, surround Aaron, Armin, and Mikasa. They are distrustful as they believe Aaron to be dangerous. This scene is hella dramatic and super stressful because it's literally like Mikasa and Armin trying to convince like all of humanity that Aaron is not going to murder them, right? That he's on their side. So Mikasa and Armin are fighting with the captain to prove that Eren is one of them and won't attack humans. But people are too scared to accept this. And Captain Warman fires a, cap- a cap- fires a cannon at the trio. Eren has memories like in this moment, this like very crazy moment. He has memories of his father injecting him with something after the fall of Walmaria. 
and instinctively bites his thumb, partially transforming into a titan and blocking the cannibal. Can- cannonball. <laughs> blocking the cannonball. The way he transforms into a titan is kind of cool. It's pretty much just like the skeletal torso and you can see his muscles and it just looks pretty wild. Like he really like resembles... Half. Yeah, he really resembles like the colossal titan yeah. in this point. Aaron emerges from the incomplete titan and Armin delivers a speech declaring Aaron to be humanity's ally as well as an ac- excellent asset. Captain Warman does not believe him and orders the soldiers to fire again. At the last second, commander of the garrison, Dot Pixies, which... I have, like, a love-hate relationship for because, like, sometimes I like him, sometimes I don't. Yeah. He's, like, on and off. Yeah. He arrives and orders the soldiers to hold their fire. So, Pixies has a plan to use Eren's new titan form to block the big hole that the colossal titan made by using a giant boulder that Eren is supposed to lift and walk over to the hole. Most of the soldiers will be used as bait to lure the titans out of Eren's path, except for a team of elite garrison soldiers. Ian Dietrich... Rico Brzenka and Mitabi Jarnak and Mikasa, who will escort Eren. Pixis ends up announcing the plan to the army, like, all at once. Like, he's standing on top of this wall and just yelling at them. Like, yeah, by the way, this guy's a titan. Haha, accept it. And he, like, he introduces Eren and exposes his ability. And it's a surprise to majority of the army, because it's like... Well, yeah, they just found out about it. Yeah, they just found out about it. Um... But, fortunately, the army seems to be on board with the plan, and everybody launches into action. Aaron transforms into a titan once more to lift the boulder, but instead goes mindless and tries to attack Mikasa. While in this weird mindless state, Aaron ends up knocking himself out and becoming pretty much useless. The garrison soldiers don't give up hope and start killing all the titans that are in the area, and so that they don't come near so that they don't come near Aaron like, and attack him, because clearly they've shown that they're, they acknowledge Aaron to not be one of them. So the garrison soldiers are clearing up the titans around Eren and Armin is trying to wake up Eren and to get him back on track on the mission because like this... Get him in control. Yeah, this is like life or death. If Eren doesn't do this mission, like it's over for him. It's interesting how he tries to get in contact with Eren. So he ends up stabbing him <laughs> in the nape and it goes through like Eren's arm, which is like inside of the titan. Um, but, you know, that helps. Um, Aaron regains control and successfully uses the boulder to seal the breach. Aaron and the other soldiers are surrounded by Titans, but are saved at the last minute by Captain Levi. <laughs> Everyone's favorite. And and the survey corpse, returning from an expedition beyond the walls. The remaining Titans are wiped out by cannon fire and the city is retaken. Two Titans are now captured by the survey corpse for research. And now... Time to talk about the major people in the scouts, a.k.a. Survey Corps. Um, so we have Irvin Smith. He's the leader. He gives like amazing, ma- like, you know, motivational speeches, and he's a mastermind of all the plans. We have Hanje Zoe, the science person. She's strangely obsessed with Titans, and the two Titans that were like captured are pretty much for her to experiment with. Um she invents cool anti-titan stuff and she used to hate titans until she realized she could play football with them i love her too she's so <laughs> she's like, a, like a fun character she's fun and she's also like super wild and yeah, i appreciate that like unpredictable and now ladies and gentlemen levi everyone's crush this is the guy that people simp for 
He's rude, crude, and moody. Everyone he knows and loves dies horrific deaths. He's the most skilled soldier in the entire military. And he used to be a criminal until Irvin recruited him. He's in his early 30s and he likes to clean. And goddamn. <laughs> Isn't he the dream? <sighs> Such a dream. I love it. Are you guys tired of hearing me talk yet? I don't know. It's okay. It'll be my turn soon. But it's okay because we are at the end. So, finally, I've been talking for way too long, but we have made it to the end of part one of season one. After all the Titans are destroyed in trust, cleanup of the dead is commenced. It's really sad. There's so many dead people. But this is like, shh, hello? No, they just find like who was like killed. Ian is like a spoiler for the spoilers. This is where they found out that Marco has tragically passed away. It's really sad. Yeah. Because this really hits, like, it really affects Gene. Because Gene and Marco were super tight. And, you know, in my opinion, this is kind of what pushes Gene to join the Scouts. Because, like, he gets, he sees, like, the destruction caused by this. And I think, like, it makes him want to end it. And he was really set on joining military police. Like, he was, like, like, the interior. Yeah, he He was, was like, like, there's no way, nothing will. mm Mm-hmm yeah 100 percent. and then he sees this and he's like you know what i'm gonna yeah. do good as like all of the dead are being cleaned and stuff inside wall rose Irvin and levi visit aaron who's being held in prison by the military police and they pretty much decide to let him join the scouts to help retake shiganshina which is pretty much aaron's goal he wanted to join the scouts and he ended up getting it yeah and that's pretty much it on my end at this point and that Very was nice. season one, part one. Season one in one hour. Season one in one hour. <laughs> but a lot happened. A lot definitely happened. Yeah. And I do feel like... And it only gets a lot more. Yeah. But, yeah. I just feel like it's well done in the first season. Yeah. And we will visit, revisit why yeah. later on. So now it's my turn to do the philosophy and theory of it. Wow. So to get us started, Attack on Titan, and we sort of talked about this before, like the death and gore, it takes a sort of different approach compared to other animes. Titans being the physical personification of death, a walking reminder that humans aren't immortal, that they can't do everything. Uh, and that they can and will be dead. <laughs> that they are just, you know, they, they're they not immortal. They have mortality. And it's something to just be scared of. That must really suck coming face to face with your own death, like, yeah. every day. Like, it, they, they look like you and... I mean, they don't, but... Like, it's it. similar. No, I get it, yeah. I feel like I tend to go through existential crises all the time but at least i'm not like face to face with my death yeah like moments away yeah bro i i hope they had therapy back there (laughs) (laughs) killing titans was their therapy yeah word (laughs) so the show uh it's based on sort of german references Mm -hmm. uh all their architect all their architecture is german based the intro especially has german references like what they say the music how they sound um as well as some characters with german names Mm. as well as the political ideology resembling those of carl schmidt who was a notorious nazi philosopher 
<laughs> I love it. Do you love it? No, that was sarcastic. <laughs> so we're going to just be going over the philosophy that he had and what he thought about it, which is very interesting. It's a lot to unpack, as well as also what makes Attack on Titan so dark with all the death because it, the society faced against a horrific enemy uh, maintains stability while reflecting Nazi ideology. So with Carl Schmidt and his philosophy, uh, it was called the political, uh, which had three conflicts that situate the political and create a stable society. There are three, first being conflict and inequality, two, clear distinction between enemy and friends, and three, sovereignty. I hope that's how you say it. Yeah. Yeah, you're good. So- sovereign. Sovereign. So the first one, conflict and inequality. Pretty much Carl Schmidt says conflict and division between people is, inev- is inevitable. So no matter what you do, it's always going to happen. You may prolong it, but it's going to be there. A human in its most basic nature is savage and hellish. People are shitty and life isn't fair. Um, Mood. That's <laughs> true. Um, and this can be sort of referenced in the show. I think when Armin is fighting um, with the squad and Aaron, the Titans, when they first graduate, mm-hmm. when they're on the walls, um, Armin says, uh, this world hasn't become hell. It's been hell. Strength preys on the weak. Mm. Or strength preys on weakness. Mm. Um, as well as another uh, philosopher, Thomas Hobbes, mm-hmm. uh, his understanding of basic nature we're all monsters at heart, and social con- uh, social social structures are the only thing keeping us at bay. Dude, that's so deep. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, wow. I mean, that's like, like you can probably see it everywhere, just like more advanced. No, definitely. I think it's like the theory of like, <laughs> like the, the 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 red light, like the stoplight. It's a social construct. Like, oh yeah, no, you like you don't. Yeah, like, you don't have to, but like it's control. Exactly, exactly. It's like so this like mental ma- maintain order and like stability. Yeah. Um. So with Thomas Hobbes and his social sort of idea, Schmidt sort of takes it a step further by saying people aren't just terrible, aren't just terrible. Their rather hostility is unavoidable. So for Schmidt, inequality is inevitable. Um, so there can be, so there's always going to be inequality as well. Uh, whether it's people being smarter, stronger, better looking, and it's not the job of sort of the government or politics to fix that inequality. To Schmidt, inequality will always be there. With the governments, it's more beneficial to focus on order and control of the people. And worrying about inequality misses the point and is a waste of resources. Because it's always inevitable, according to Schmidt. So pretty much, um, if you start focusing on inequalities, according to Schmidt, if you start focusing on inequality and try to fix it, it's sort of a waste. Because no matter what you do, it's always going to be there. That's interesting. So no matter how hard you try, like whatever resources you put to it, like it's always going to be there in one way or another. Whether it's with like classes or hierarchy. Hmm. I guess it's like the nature of humanity. Yeah. In a way. Pretty much. Always has and always will be. Referring back to Attack on Titan, we see this firsthand uh, with classes. So there are classes. Physically, the walls, <laughs> yeah. they, se- they separate. Yeah. Um, 
people in Wild Maria being sort of the poorest, mm-hmm. they aren't as safe as their own house because they're the first wall. So if anything happens, they're the first to go. Well, yeah. And that's why, like, when the wall did go down, yeah, and, they, like, all r- they all rushed to Wall Rose, to the, to the 20% of them yeah. were sent to get murdered. Because... We'll, we'll go on that later. Okay. Um, yeah. So there's f- physical cl- classism, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Um, with the walls. Um and so on. So people in while yeah. So while Maria isn't as safe as while Rose, mm-hmm. and then while Rose isn't as safe as Sina. Yeah. Um and so forth. As while Maria is being attacked and the people are being eaten, and scouts risking their lives to protect those walls by going on the other side on the outside. Uh, the people in while Sina relax, play chess, uh, drink and eat. So while the people on the outermost wall. They risk their life because they're the most expendable, mm-hmm. but not because of the because they are expendable but because of classes. Yeah, the like highest people on the inside of the wall, they do whatever they want, have the most luxuries. Yeah, I mean, even like the visual storytelling of that, like throughout the series, like you would see, like it would be like these weird juxtapositions of like a scene of like Aaron fighting like Titans, and then like you flash back to like well not flashback like you flash to the side i guess of like the king and pixies just like playing chess while wall trust is is like like, eating everything yeah eating everything and like wall trust is literally being like torn down yeah and he's like protect me yeah protect me he never like they don't matter you know they're expendable yeah and you could also see that with like the merchant yeah by like the fact that he would rather protect his own goods and his own wealth like, rather than like all the people in that, yeah literally in that district um a side note in the first half of season one mm-hmm. uh in the uh intro mm-hmm. the it looks and sounds similar to a uh propaganda film made by lenny reifenstahl um which is just nazi propaganda uh it's called triumph of the will mm. it's a film i think it's like an hour and a half long um and i watched it and it's very similar not like on point but like the music it's like you can see where attack on titan got it from damn so i've been it's like singing <laughs> the nazi song this whole time it's it's not like exactly but it's very like you can see like if they remixed it like you would like you, you see like the you know bro i'm fucked up <laughs> <laughs> um and then it also looks like it because um because of the lyrics it's um it's like we will go over the corpses stuff like that oh we will, walk, we will walk over the corpses oh so that's the first ideology of the political conflict and inequality second one clear distinction between friends and enemies are we friends or enemies we're just roommates and they were roommates and they were roommates so clear distinction between friends and enemies to be a good government you need to have an enemy to fight in attack on titan that enemy is the titans easy yes (laughs) uh they have an enemy to fight against but not strong enough to dominate them Mm. if the government and army was stronger were stronger than the titans the titans would no longer be seen as an enemy too strong to fight. Thus, humans will fight one another, causing civil wars. The titans provide a sort of check against total conquest. 
So this goes back sort of into the inequality. When there's inequality, you get sort of like civil wars mm-hmm. um, and the Titans are sort of a distraction for them. Mm-hmm. Um, if there were no Titans and, and you sort of see it, there's like greed. And when they send out all the people, um, civil war starts to break out. But the Titans is sort of a common enemy. Like, where what's that saying? You're an enemy of my enemy is my friend. Oh yeah, the you enemy know. Of my enemy. So like, all humans are pretty much enemies against each other, but their common enemy is the Titans. So they can team up and fight the Titans. Mm. Now, the two character there are two characters, Erwin and Pixis. Mm-hmm. They're hung up on the distinction between who the enemy really is. Um, in one episode, Pixis says. Uh, I think this is, like, right before he sends Aaron to fix the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, humanity required an enemy greater than itself just to survive. Uh, they worry that... Uh, so, this is Erwin and Pixis. They worry that Titans aren't the actual enemy and aren't the real threat. 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 But it's humanity itself. Hmm. The Titans just merely keep people in line. Yeah. So this goes back to like control and like the hierarchy. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Especially just because like they just keep sending. Like even in the seizure wall of like wall trust, like you didn't need to send like these newly graduated cadets. Like there were like you could have like you have a huge army of military police. Military police don't even fucking show up. Yeah, at that point, you know what I mean. Like it's literally just like garrison and these cadets, like these kids. It's just a way to control them. Yeah, and show who's who's the boss. Well, yeah, it's also very interesting because, you know, like we were talking about when they first went to that training corps, like Jean and Marco were set, and Annie were set on becoming military police because they came from really shitty backgrounds, and they knew that military police would be their way to like a better life yeah it's a better life so that's another form of inequality here are two questions to think about are titans tools of the elite to control the population do the elite control the titans to have control of the people That's a tough question. We obviously know the answer. I mean, we obviously know the answer because we have watched farther but ahead. But like in in terms of like season one. In the scope of things. In the scope of it's things. It's a good theory. That's a very good question to ask. What do you think? I think no. Why? Because um, personally... Honestly, no, like realistically, because the elite, they, they're not fighting anyone. Yeah. It's the cadets and all the military and the scouts that are fighting. Not, not even the military, the scouts, only Mm -hmm. the scouts that are fighting Titans. And they see who, like they, they, they really see who, who they are, like, like what the Titans are, like they're mindless. They do. Can you really control them at that point? They're just running around trying to kill and eat. I think it's more of like the elite kind of control the idea of them. Like I know like 
the like scouts and stuff like they actually see them and they like fight them but like who controls history you know yeah like history is is written in the opinion of the winner so the elite in my opinion like i think that they probably like alter history alter history Mm -hmm. wink wink (laughs) (laughs) here's a second question Is there a way for them to control those who are below them? The elite? Yes. Yeah, no shit. But is there really? Yeah. No, no, like, is there really? Like, if if they were all to, ju- to just go. Go where? Into Wall Cinna. Uh-huh. And show up at the, you know, castle or whatever. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do? Nothing. Because the military police, they're not, like, trained for anything. They don't see Titans. They're the least experienced. Wait, so who goes into Walsina? The Titans or the poor people? No, <laughs> like, 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 going like, into... the, like the poor people. Like, realistically, like, we're talking about, like, Aaron and, like, all the scouts, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, if they go into Walsina. Yeah. I mean, it depends on how brainwashed you are, like, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's where the military police come in. They're yeah. all brainwashed. That's true. That's Cause, very Because they true. only care about the better life. Yeah. And they would do anything for it. Because they yeah. don't want to go out. Why would they... Why would you want to? Who would, who in their right mind would want to fight Titan for a five five percent chance to come back? I guess curiosity killed the cat. Yeah, there you go. Now that we have those two questions solved. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's so enlightened. Um, here we. This is the last sort of part of um, Schmidt's ideology. Ideology. Mm-hmm. Sovereignty. Um. So he supported. So Carl Schmidt. He supported totalitarian. Total. It's okay. Don't hurt yourself. Totalitarian. 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 Totalitarianism. Yeah. So. (laughs) Okay. So it's pretty much um, prohibits. um, It it's it's um. It's a view. It prohibits um and this is what like the nazi party was yeah pretty much yeah i remember reading um, history it prohibits like um opposing parties so no one can ever run against you mm-hmm. um restricts individual opposition to the state and uh its claims uh and exercises extremely high degree of control over people and private life um so pretty much they're in control their say is the law they can do whatever they want uh, and this comes in hand when, uh, with Attack on Titan. Um, this pretty much entitles the government to declare a state of emergency. Uh, whatever they think is good to go, this is an emergency. We do what we want. Um, this justifies the need for mass human sacrifice for the greater good. Mm, mm, mm. Um, and that's where we see the 20% of population 20%. going. Uh, this is seen in Attack on Titan when the government sends... Pretty much a quarter million people. Yeah. Um, just to reclaim the wall, having only two hundred come back. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Now, this is this is the t- uh, the state of emergency. They sacrificed all these people mm-hmm. for the sort of greater good. Now, it was sort of successful. I don't know. Everyone has their own definition of successful. Like, is it really successful if you lost all these people? Mm-hmm. Like, you know. 
Um, they it allowed the kingdom to survive the population, which yeah. is a big thing. It was under control now. Like so, the food shortages, food shortages, 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 shortages. And then you talk shit about Depot, <laughs> bitch. Depot. So the food shortages. Um, that was that was fine. That's now fine. Uh, everyone is like not like fully eating, but like full meals. But still a lot better than one piece of bread a day mm-hmm. at best. Mm-hmm. They can have like you know at least three meals a day. Um, as well as allowing them to reclaim um parts of the wall. Um, uh, this brings them one step closer to answering what the titans are dun, dun, dun. now um in attack on titan their sort of political structure isn't um shown um compared to like real life and all that like we don't know who really controls what mm-hmm. what the military is mm-hmm. um but based on the show and the few times they have revealed it it's pretty much military rule and martial law mm-hmm. yeah um so pretty much did we go over the court case or is that for next episode that's next episode we will talk about that next episode (laughs) um so pretty much like it's like the their government is structured having the military their main source of power Mm -hmm. the military is in control martial law they can do whatever they want um to have control over the people yeah thoughts i mean yeah (laughs) it makes sense like everything that's done by the people in charge like the generals like everybody it's all like for the benefit of i'd say like the inner walls rather than like because like i mean i think the whole point of like obviously defending like trust was to make sure that those people did not go into walsina yeah and then if wall rose went down then it's like fucking over yeah you know so i could see that totalitarian viewpoint yeah and it, it could also be like um the government saying like oh it's an excuse for your safety we're doing this for for you guys you know yeah. if you you know do this and that if, if you sacrifice only a little bit we can save everyone for the greater good yeah but is it really worth it if there's no one left i guess not <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's how the nazi party relates to attack on titan (laughs) so if you fast forward at all of this all you got to know is the titans are nazis (laughs) i'm totally kidding though they're not they're not nazis um thank you that was very like enlightening and i totally see like the those ideas in the show in the show like and i'm sure like like, presented in the show and i'm sure later on throughout the seasons we'll Mm -hmm. see like more and more of it yeah sort of like the power it's so crazy to me that like you know those like old ideologies like play into like shows and stuff that we've watched you know and like if you hadn't done the research for this like yeah it would have just flown by yeah like i i don't know if i would watch attack and be like oh yeah yeah there's I mean, a nazi g- idea going through like watching the show like the anime mm-hmm. um it, like a lot of it was messed up i mean yeah and i never understood like really why like obviously sending so many people just to die yeah like that's that's like not cool i guess like but then like you look at it and you're like oh now i see why okay like in a fucked up way like i was like yeah okay it makes sense 
Like when they did that, when they said 20% of the yeah, population because there was food shortage, I was like, oh, okay, like you got to do what you got to do. But realistically, who would do it? You know? No, exactly. Like that's not. Like any other government wouldn't. Yeah. You know? I mean, I guess like the thing is like they're very confined to a very specific space. And I wonder if that would have changed things like in our world, if like America, like you couldn't travel anywhere else or like even like mm. Pennsylvania, like if the borders closed to Pennsylvania out of nowhere and then we and couldn't like, like food shortages. Yeah. And there were food shortages. Like what happens then? You know, I feel like the I situation mean, becomes I think at a that lot point more. it's like first come first serve. Yeah. So interesting. Yep. That brings us to the end of my part. And the end of maybe part one. Maybe question mark, question mark, question mark. Um, what was your favorite part of the show of the first part of season one? First part, I guess when when he turns into a titan and like goes into a rampage because mm-hmm. he's like in the stomach and he's like, "See you later," <laughs> and he like comes out of the yeah. Tank. He like transforms and like he just goes on a rampage. Actually, no. There there is another part uh, when he's training. Yeah. And his like ODM gear is like broken or yeah. like um it's like broken and he still manages to do it and then like the com- uh, the guy who's training them is mm-hmm. like Shadies. Yeah. Uh he's like, "You know, s- switch belts. Let's see what happens." And then Aaron's like, "Oh, why is this so much easier?" Yeah. And like his was broken. And that just like shows you like how like like willing how far he's willing to go yeah and like especially like mentally yeah mentally i think he's very like strong mentally um do you want to know my favorite part yes guess the intro no (laughs) um i think my favorite part it would have to be when levi pulls up oh god and kills all the titans (laughs) that's everyone's favorite part. i love him no, I like him too. He's, he's cool. He's cool. He's very cool. He's an awesome character. He's like subtle cool though. Yeah. That's like how I want to be. <laughs> just lo- low key. Just like, not even low key. Just like, just like this moody bitch, but like everybody still loves me. Yeah. Strong as fuck. Yeah. Goals. And that brings us to the end of part one for season one. Well, thanks Ian for that really like enlightening theory and philosophy of the first part of season one thank you i liked your recap it was very like i like the the care like character um breakdowns breakdowns yeah yeah i tried my best because i like these people come up again yeah yeah. these people come up eventually like a ton so just to know like who they are and like, like why they're doing what they're doing yeah even season two like for the first half we like don't even see Aaron. yeah well we hope you guys really enjoyed our first episode of Married to Anime, a podcast where we shoot the shit and talk about anime that we've been binging. Hope you guys liked our rambling. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Went over a little too much. But that's okay. You guys love it. Um, I loved it. So be sure to follow us on at MTA podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We are not affiliated with the Metropolitan Transportation Authority. We're just, unfortunately, our acronyms are the same (laughs) at this point. Even though the MTA is the bane of my existence. (laughs) I dig dig it. The name. MTA podcast. Also, don't forget, um, all our sources will be listed on our website, 
MarriedToAnimate.com. And we are hoping to make this a weekly podcast. If not, we will do our best to make it bi-weekly. We hope you enjoyed. We hope you enjoy. And I hope you're looking forward to season one, part two. Stay tuned for part two. I Peace out, Girl Scouts. And peace. Peace.